0: G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Project Sports. My name is Corey and I'm joined by Zach Rubb. How are you today, bro? Good, thank you, mate. How are you, Colonel? It's I'm good, I'm good, but uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, you know, with everything going on, gyms reopening, um, a lot of things coming back on board again here in Queensland, a new beating mini two weeks in a row in golf. Yeah, how good it's, has it been? I don't know, it's probably going to gonna storm, I reckon. It could be a hurricane coming to Queensland anytime soon right through toowoomba i reckon yeah so
1: friday afternoon tell us about it we've, i've gone two in a row now i think i i mentioned this to someone last week i i'm gonna compare myself to winks already and just say that it just took me a while to get going but now that i have it's just all wins now baby winks wow <laughs> that's a big call cool. <laughs>
0: um look if i have anything to say about that that will not be happening it's still five and two remember i've I yeah, did yeah, go yeah. five on the trot and I think a couple of weeks ago my mum gave me some advice to, <laughs> to let you win, otherwise you're gonna stop playing. So who knows? I might have just been listening to my mum and and uh letting you win just so you stayed in the game. So you know, Maybe you did, but now you've given me a sniff, mate,
1: and
0: You reckon you're gonna take it.
1: I can just smell blood in the water.
0: You've,
1: you You were you were pretty shattered after Friday afternoon. I was but You me. looked at how I've looked for the last I've, five
0: weeks. <laughs> I don't I don't think you could have smelt any blood because I was out of the other side of the, <laughs> the golf course. Um, we're nowhere near each other, we're of the opposite sides, but um, anyway, 5-2 and two now, so it's getting interesting. If you can win one more, then we'll start talking about you being the next Winks, but uh, not me. at the moment. Now, um, today's show, I'm going to kick us off, uh, Zach's going to take us through all the NRL news, um, so pretty excited for some of the pretty cracking games that happened last weekend, uh, We've got the AFL news, the halftime Now we're going to look at, uh, I believe you've got Liverpool for us tonight. Yep. right to so talk about them.
1: stick around if you're a fan of uh, the sport known as football, for football. you uh, are yeah. real elitists <laughs> in the, uh, what we'd call, soccer category. <laughs> but uh, stick around for that one, and also we're going to talk a little bit of NFL news with Patrick Mahomes, so you've probably seen that already, but we're going to run you through um, what he's done over the last couple of days mm. so make sure you hang around for the halftime rub down.
0: yeah and finishing off we're actually going to change course a little bit tonight and um, go away from A to Z sports now to the fans of a to, Z, a to Z sports don't stress too much it will be back it's in a slightly different format um, most of you may already know that Zach and I in our day jobs we're strength conditioning coaches so we want to take a bit further dive into A to Z sports and actually look at the um S and C component of those sports, as long along as the the history as well. So tonight we're going to replace that segment with uh, our tips and multis for the week. So we'll look at where our tips stand between Zach and myself, and then uh chuck a few multis at you that uh, you can have a think about putting on yourself this weekend. So uh, let's kick us off with the NRL, mate. What happened last week? Yeah, I'm going to start off with. What well, seems like almost an eternity go
1: now. It was on Thursday night. It was the Roosters versus the Storm, and it was like it was one of the best games of the season so far, if not maybe the past couple of seasons. Just um, it was super tough. It was fast. It was almost like um, an Origin-paced game for that first twenty minutes, and it really didn't really ever um, let up at all. What we did see happen was. A little bit of fatigue creep into the game. I've seen a lot of comments about how many errors there were. There were 28 errors in the game between the two teams. And when you look at that on paper, you probably go, well, geez, what a bit of a scrappy game. But those errors just come from how hard they were hitting in tackles um, and just how fast the game was being played. Ended up with, a, I think it was 27-25 um, scoreline, so a two-point two, two scoreline, so a high-scoring game in the end. So... By no means was it was it a scrappy, you know, 8-6 game with plenty of errors, plenty of entertainment.
0: What's a normal error rate for, for a game?
1: Well, I mean, if teams are completing it around that 80%, which is what that sort of would aim for, I don't know, you might see maybe 12 okay. to 16 errors maybe in a game kind of thing, I yep. guess. If, you know, if two teams are playing really well, give or take, but mm. yeah, twenty twenty eight 28 or so is probably getting a little bit on, but...
0: Gee, it's a topsy
1: turvy game. Yeah, high quality game still,
0: nonetheless. Um, and I take actually, nothing away from either team. I was a bit disappointed. I actually, uh, I thought was a Garthson kick the field goal. Who kicked the field goal for Mills? No, 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 no. This is Roosters. Oh, oh, sorry. Who Roosters hit, Storm. Who get the, the field goal for Storm? Yeah, Pappenhausen. Yeah. I turned it. I turned it off. Yes. After he kicked it. Yeah, I you got the fullback thing right. Yeah. 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 Just different teammates. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Sorry. Um, I turned. I turned it off. I was gutted because i missed the second field goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh missed, obviously, Cam Smith's two-pointer. So uh, I, missed, I missed all the action and uh well, of it Well, you know, for
1: those of you with a foggy memory like uh, my good friend Corey here... I didn't watch I'll, it. I'll I... run you through the last 10 minutes. So originally, in my opinion, I didn't really think that the Storm were... I don't know, ever really in the game too much. I think the Roosters kept opening the door with... Uh, they probably had more errors than the Storm did. And, but in the last 10 minutes, there was... Uh, it was 20... Uh, 22... 12... No, 20 to... I can't even think Yeah, You've put Well, there were two tries. It was there was two tries up. It was 10, 10 points of difference. It must have been 22... Yeah, it was 22-12. So 10 points of difference going into the last 10. And the Roosters scored, and I thought, oh, you know, it's it's all over. And then the Storm actually put two quick tries on them, uh, and it went to 24-22 to the Storm, and all of a sudden he went, oh, well, the Storm are going to run away and win this. With three minutes to go, Kyle Flanagan slots a penalty goal from you know, 32 metres out on the touchline. He was pumped up like never before. Then on the next set, the Roosters go up the other end, slot the field goal, and they go up. And all of a sudden they're up 25-24. That's when I
0: turned it off. And
1: you just think, well, from there, you just think the Roosters are going to win. There's, I don't know, 40 seconds left or something like that. Then the Storm get the short kickoff and Ryan Puppenhausen slots one from about 35 out, takes it to golden point. He was just as pumped up as Flanagan was when he kicked his goal. And then, yeah, the, I mean, the game ended up with a, there was a penalty given away by, I think, Jake Friend, 10 metres out in front of the post for the Storm. But I don't know, like, both teams have just played superb, really, um, with their attacking flair. And I just don't think you can say that the Roosters played poorly and that's why they lost. I think it was two great teams, went at it, And just a better team on the night one. So, yeah, I don't think Roosters fans should be concerned or anything like that. It was just a great game. And, yeah, Melbourne really rose for that one. Mm, That's good. So that was our first highlight of the week. The second highlight takes us into the game that Corey was living in just then, the Eels and the Cowboys, where the Eels just ran right over the Cowboys on Friday night. And Mike uh, Michael Cibo picked up four tries. Now he didn't he kick a field goal, though. He didn't kick a field goal. <laughs> what a loser. The um the last boat to score four tries for the Eels was actually Semi Radra. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Semi is, he went to play in Rugby Union, but he was an absolute beast, a Fijian beast, and SIBO's now come in and I don't know, maybe stolen his mantle as as a fantastic winger, he's got a long way to go with getting involved um, in the game. But overall, yeah, absolute weapon. After knocking
0: Teddy out, I think mm. two or three weeks ago, he's just yeah, grew another mm. leg. I was very impressed with uh, Michael because I had had him in my multi to score a try, and did you, you share that one? No, I didn't. Just, <laughs> well, that was just a, like little short odds one, you know, get a bit of cash back in the... Ah, yeah. yes, a bit of a builder. But I, should, <laughs> but I should have had him for two or three tries and it would have been a bit more. But four tries, because he scored, scored the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I only needed a few things left in that multi and he scored. I knew the he was going to win, so I turned, turned it off and didn't bother watching. And turned it back on at the end and four tries I went, holy brilliant. Shame I missed it all, but too busy watching the AFL. Yeah, I mean, the, the the
1: great thing for the Eels was that, was they, they're missing Mitchell Moses for that game, and now for a few games due to an injury. And the fantastic thing for the Eels is, geez, they played well without him still. Like, it, you know, there's a big question mark whether they'd continue the form. They, you know, they're obviously on top of the ladder. Could they continue that form? And they've definitely justified their to, um, the title of of being a real contender. I know we put this poll-, poll up a couple weeks ago and not not too many people actually agreed with um with both of us actually we both said that we thought they were um mm. they were deserved favorites for the comp. Not too many people agreed but I 100% definitely think they're they deserved um favorites. You know, up there with the Roosters, of course, but to go out there without your main half back and still put 40 odd points on mm. you know, a Cowboys team that the week before fogged the Knights. Yep. Um Good effort, great effort, really. So, yeah, that'll be cracking to see how they go in the next coming weeks Mm. and get him back. Certainly. And then we go to the Battle of the West, Western Sydney we're talking about. And this was a great game on Saturday afternoon, or Saturday night, actually, and it was the Panthers versus the Tigers. Now, the Panthers, as you all know, I rate really, really highly this year. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I'm a huge fan of Nathan Cleary. Everyone knows that I'm all aboard the Cleary train and, and the Panthers. And they got you know, they got a, a gutsy win against the West Tigers, who you know, they're playing well. They're sitting around that eight or nine mark again and they're they're playing well enough to be in finals. It's just whether they can be consistent enough. Uh, but the big talking points out of that game was uh Joseph Le and his I don't know, just his brain phase really. He just has these continuously and it all began when his younger brother uh, was knocked out in a tackle with about 15 or 20 minutes to go. And everyone was sort of calm. You know, trainers are treating um, his brother on the ground. And, he, you know, Joey's standing over the top. And the player that hit him in the head, Abby come over to you know, just say sorry, mate. Like, you know, nothing, nothing too malicious in it. Just copped him high and he's gone down. And Joey just fires up, pushes him off, starts a little bit of a brouhaha in the middle there around a player that's on the ground for a start, which was just silly. But anyway, from there, I was actually texting my old man at the time and, and he said to me, you watch Joey do something stupid here and, uh, and mess up the game for, for the Tigers. And I think two sets later, he gave away two back-to-back penalties, which the Panthers then scored off. And then with about three minutes to go, like the game was done. He's just clobbered the fullback in the head yeah, well, there was a whole lot in it, but he's just dead set, giving him a forearm to the face when he's not expecting it, doesn't have the ball, just absolutely stupid, and um, yeah, it just puts a bit of a bad light on the Tigers, considering, you know, up until that point, it was a great contest, and now it's all talking about how, yeah, Joey was, was a bit of a wanker. But,
0: mm. It's just a bit <laughs> unnecessary, isn't it? You've got, you know, there's obviously in, in the games, you know, both NRL, AFL, everyone gets fired up, and bit of push and shove happens, but when you're just doing really dumb things, I said to you before, that's the stuff that should they should get sent off. For well, definitely. Second. And,
1: you know, he, he copped 10 in the bin, but what's to do when there's three minutes left in the game? And no, no. Uh, In saying that, though, he has copped a couple of week band now as well. So, you know, hope, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to say he'd pull his head in, but we've just seen it so many times in the last couple of years that I don't think he's going to learn. And honestly, that's the sort of stuff that, in a tight game when you're heading into finals and, you know, if you're, you're a team that's, you know, been ninth, you know, all these years in a row kind of thing and being that team to crack into the top eight, he's the type of bloke that doing something stupid like that will cost them a game and they'll miss the finals. Mm. And,
0: and obviously if you're a if you're younger kid, say, who wants to play NRL or, or any kind of sport, they're the people who, you know, he might be a great player but you don't want to look up to yeah, as, exactly. as a role model.
1: Just not a, yeah, just not a good role model, really. Um. Yeah, anyway, hopefully he fix it. But he's probably,
0: you know, he probably is a great
1: bloke. He just... probably is, yeah, off the field. He's probably a great bloke, but just on the field, he just does stupid he's shit that costs his team, and mm. that's what he's done. Mm. And then the second one out of that game was actually Ivan Cleary. So This is funny. Yeah, <laughs> after the game, the coach... Now, for those of you that don't follow rugby league religiously, basically, Ivan Cleary is the ex-coach of the West Tigers, left there in, you'd probably say, ordinary circumstances, sort of maybe done the dirty on the club... And he's moved back to the Panthers to, um, essentially, you know, the word on the street is that he went back there so that the Panthers could keep Nathan Cleary there. So that was the reason. But anyway, essentially, a fans heckled him for 80 minutes, um, you know, giving him copious amounts of shit. And at the end of the game, Ivan just got up, waved at him, uh, pointed at the scoreboard, and then blew him a kiss goodbye. Um, and, you know, we've got, I'm reading comments like, you know, the likes of Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy's and things like that would, you know, would have handled that differently and, and wouldn't have needed to do that. I think there's two ways to to look at this. There's, yeah, of course they wouldn't do that. And that's a obviously a fantastic way for them to handle it. It's their, it's their demeanor. It's how they hold themselves is what makes them great. But I don't think, Nathan, uh, I, sorry, Ivan Clear has done anything wrong. And I think he's just had a bit of banter back. And look, if I was sitting there coughing shit for 80 minutes and then my team pulled out a fantastic win against my
0: old club, I'd probably do the same thing. Like, see you later, champ. Good night. And uh, I, we'll take the two points. I know you pretty well. I think you would have come out with a bit more than just a blow and a kiss. And,
1: yeah, mate. Um, well, exactly. So I think in that sense, he's done quite well.
0: Yeah, well, I don't understand why people would have to even... He is—he's literally done nothing wrong apart from be a bit sarcastic to someone who's probably, you know, who knows what they've called him for the last eighty minutes, and and what's the point of comparing him to Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy? Yeah. Do we do we really want sixteen coaches who are Wayne Bennett? Because you different, you're, yeah, different personalities. Exactly some pretty right. Quiet press conferences in the next uh, five years if you have sixteen Wayne Bennett. So yeah, hundred
1: percent, mate. Totally agree. I don't think there's anything in it. I like it actually. You know, people are calling
0: it. Um, yeah, he's got to
1: have more class and this sort of stuff, but I don't think so. Like he didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't start flipping him off and giving him a mouth for anything. He just blew him a kiss, well, put him worth, in the school board,
0: and if he, a stoop, a if he had a stoop to their level and started calling them names and yeah, that's that, it. You know, giving them the finger and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that warrants him to be okay. Well, you've done the wrong thing, and you should you should think about your actions. But he's he's just been a bit sarcastic and as all. Funny Aussie blokes do like that's just normal Yeah Nothing in it mate Nothing I'm in set, it at I'm all. sarcastic 97% of the day This is It's normal it's, Anyway Yeah You should ask my fiance Yeah, yeah well, she, 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 she knows She knows
1: to kill you mm-hmm. So Yeah
0: Anyway
1: <laughs> Speaking of uh, controversy That takes us into the Knights and the Manly game On a Sunday So For those of you That are keeping up Thursday night Cracking game mm. Friday night Plenty of tries scored Saturday night, Battle of the West, fantastic game. And we've got to Sunday, and we've had another fiery one. Close game between Knights and Manly. Uh, Knights end up taking it out by two points. Bit of controversy at the end. There was a... Um, the Manly winger was going down the right-hand side, kicked the ball back in. In my opinion, it was a bit of simultaneous contact. He got pushed. He actually fell over the fullback that was coming across anyway. So I think that was going to be... I think the contact there was always going to happen, and he probably wasn't going to get to the footy. Uh, McCulloch got to the ball first from the night, scrammed it in goal. Game's over. They went to the video ref just to check, you know, whether there should be a penalty try or, or possible just penalty. And yeah, the refs, video referees, come back with nothing in it really. It was you know simultaneous contact, all that sort of stuff. And you know, as you can understand, the emotions are high. Manly didn't take that too well. Probably thought it should have been a penalty. And uh, Cherry Evans and uh, Jake Drovovich came over to question the referee, and as they were doing that, um, big big bopper front rower Adam Fanua Blake absolutely just goes to town on the ref, blows up. Now, at this point in time, you've got no idea what he says, he just, he just has a big blow up, and the referee sends him off. Granted, good on him, like, don't, no need to cop it. Um, but my, my thing is, and I want to just make my Point of view on this very, very clear. I think what Adam did was absolutely stupid. I think there's no place it for it in our game or, or just any game in general. I mean, you look at how hard it is to find uh, referees at a grassroots level, and it's because of the abuse that referees cop. So I don't think there's 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 no space for it anywhere. However, what really grinds my gears is at halftime of the next game, Fox Sports come out and say, oh, we've got exclusive audio of what's being said. And they come out and, you know, what he said, he's, he's gone on a, uh, a horrible uh, tirade of words. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm i not going to use those words in the podcast if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's all over the internet. Feel free to check it out. You can do that yourself if you're an adult. But, um, yeah, he's absolutely buying up Deluxe. And now we know what he said. And I just think, I just don't think there was any need for us to know what was said. We know it was bad enough what he did. He needed to go away, cop the punishment, and and we move on. But now we've got a whole week about where we're talking about the words that he said and things like that, which I understand it's not right, but we didn't we wouldn't have known any different unless uh until we were told by the exclusive audio that was that was made up. And that was only all that's done is now Fox Sports have um you know, headlines for the next week. That's all it's done. It hasn't brought nothing's good coming out of it. You know, you talk about kids knowing what's been said now. Well, it's only been known what's said because Fox Sports brought it up. It wasn't because you he actually heard it. So that's my problem with this whole situation is we've mm. just we've made it worse. Um, I mean, if you can make it worse. As I said, like my point of view is that there's no place for it. So, you know, get rid of him. Suspend him for however long you want. Like, throw the book at him. I don't care. I'm not sticking up for him. But I just don't think we needed to hear the words. That's mm. all.
0: Yeah, no, obviously... Um for what he's done um, but yeah your bloody media mates again at Fox Sports um, those yuppies over there decide to go and create another story um, all they're doing is looking for likes on Facebook and, and Insta and do they even have a podcast? No well one day they're gonna we're going to have to go toe to toe one day Losers absolute <laughs> losers and look I've never even heard a successful multi from Fox Sports either so nah, yeah give you duds yep yeah, come out as Fox Sports I dare you it's uh it would be very interesting to see uh, that whole team up against Rub and Wolski, but uh, yeah. anyway, we'll see what happens there. No, it's not not needed. So anyway, you've you've made your point about uh, media being spuds yeah, again. What's
1: huh? that? What that'd be four weeks in a row now. Four. four weeks weeks I reckon of, I
0: can find something every week. Four weeks of media no, just, being spuds. Yeah, we can just have a segment called Spud Media. Well, just, or Fox Sports Spuds, maybe.
1: It's just ridiculous. So anyway. That was my gripe with it. But moving forward and looking on to a really positive week now, we've got some big clashes coming up this weekend. I just want to wrap up this uh, my NRL part by taking a look at three games in particular that have caught my eye already for this weekend. The first being the Raiders and the Storm. I think this is going to be the match of the round. Now, it's at, it's in Canberra, um, and the, the Raiders just seem to have a bit of a, the wood over the Storm at the moment. They've... They beat them in a semi-final last year. They beat them in round games last year. And this year, in their first game that they played already, I think around two or three or something like that, they put 13 points, 13-plus 13 points on them. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting just seeing the way that the Storm came off that massive win over the Roosters. They've obviously got some good form going. And the Raiders, they're just... I don't know. They they just haven't been the team that I probably expected them to be this year. Even against the Dragons the other night, they started really well, and I thought they should really go on and, and finish the Dragons off there and put you mm-hmm. know a few points on them. They just they never really closed that down, and I just think if they again like the Roosters, if they let the Storm hang around in the match, the Storm will hang around long enough to create some opportunities for themselves yeah. to can win. Or, so
0: Cam Smith will find something to,
1: to Well, win, that's like, it, and you you don't, you don't want to give. Good teams like that the chance So I think that's going to be a cracker Now if you're a punting person Like uh, like we are Like let's be honest um, The Storm are paying $2 Now oh, I think that's just juicy odds For the form that they're in And considering the Raiders Probably just aren't where I think they will be at I think they'll definitely turn up for this game Don't get me wrong but uh, two bucks if you're keen on on the storm. So it's probably not, not a bad bet. You slapping your tax return on that or tax return on it, mate? Yeah, good. Go for it. Good. <laughs> um, second game that I want to look at is the Knights versus Eels. Now this is a again. I I was um I wouldn't say match of the round, but I'm really excited to see this because it's the first. Well, maybe not the first, but it's a real test for the Knights. They've been in some good form. They had that bit of a hiccup at against the Cowboys two weekends ago. They grinded to a good win against Manly last week. And now they've got top of the competition, the Eels. And it's going to be a really good test to see where the Knights are at. We spoke about this earlier in, in the year about, you know, we've seen games where we thought that Knights should have won mm. and they lost. But well, we're now seeing them win those. But they've got to take it to the next level now if they want to be a top eight and a top four side, mm. And uh, they need to go on and try and get this win um, against the Eels. And it's also um it's a test for the eels again to see if they can back up what they did to the cowboys, again against probably tougher opposition now, um without their halfback. So, again, absolute juicy game that one I reckon. And yeah, I think that's going to be really tight.
0: Mm, be good.
1: And the last one I didn't want to bring this up. It's not really... It's not going to be a classic, let's be honest. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> loathful to watch.
0: There's going to be Broncos you' probably You're
1: probably going to see drop balls. R.I.P. Nick Penny <laughs> pen- Plenty of six agains. Um, just plenty of frustration all around, I think. Players out of positions, probably, in bad form, still playing. Probably some bloke score a try for the team. Yeah, and it is going to be... It's the Bulldogs and the Dogs in the Battle of the Spooners.
0: <laughs> so, if you're a Bulldogs or a Broncos fan, so you don't get too excited. So your Premiership <laughs> favourites against the Woodenspoon favourites. Yeah, be, it's
1: gonna be a cracker. Which coincidentally, like Bulldogs are my team, and then I've jumped on a team to mm. tip them to you know go in the Premiership, mm. and now they're going just as shit. So maybe it's just maybe I just put the jinx on everyone. Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe 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 I shouldn't start supporting the Brisbane Lions then. Maybe I shouldn't get on the bandwagon.
0: Yeah. Wagon. <laughs> Get on, like, Richmond or something. And,
1: anyway, yeah. that's, uh, that's it for me on the NRL side of things. So keep an eye out for those couple games. And give us your thoughts on, yeah, a couple of those controversial calls. Joey Lailua, Ivan Cleary, and Adam Fanua blake We would love to hear what our listeners think. Yeah. But, uh, Corey, mate, what's been happening in the AFL?
0: Oh, lots, mate. I'm glad it's finally my turn, actually. we it's, have uh, it's, been talking for a long time, so finally get to talk about some AFL stuff. Maybe, will I ever get to go first. We can switch it up. Yeah, i just... I don't know. Yeah. know like, you said, we right. first, and A becomes... A becomes before N, and, like, I just think, well... Oh, well you just get distracted. Oh, sorry. It's just... Start I was, making jokes instead of talking. Yeah, I'm just... Um, I'll get through this in no time. So, well, let's take a look at the... Um, all of last week's games. I want to touch on three um, of the big ones. But, um, first of all, Thursday night, Saints against Carlton. Um, Saints sort of disposed of them pretty easily, um, which I tipped, and I thought that would happen. I just think Carlton rely way too much on Paddy Cripps. He's a great player but he's he just can't carry a whole team. Otherwise he'll bust both his shoulders I guess. So, yeah. Um, you know, when he when he did really turn it on the second half he got let loose a bit, like they stopped targeting him. He he picked up, I don't know, like eight disposals or ten disposals in a quarter, but then they just put the clearance back down on him and yeah. um the other thing I wanna mention, I made the mistake doing this but for everyone out there, don't put Levi Casball in your multi. <laughs> I didn't he'll you. just let you down. And you told me too. That's the worst. Part. I you did. I said, you said he's lazy. I said you don't. don't like him. Oh, he's not lazy. I don't know. He just something about him. He just doesn't consistently kick goals. He'll he'll kick four goals in a game, and you won't even hear him get a touch for four weeks. Like, and I just said to Zach before it. I said, mate, don't put Levi in your multi. You'll lose your money. What did I do? Put Levi in my multi. <laughs> yeah. Lost your money I lost my money
1: just a, just a quick question On Patrick Cripps as well So Obviously he plays In the midfield he, Does that Do you think Highlights the importance Of really needing Like a good number two In the midfield mm. Now as you said mm. if, if, they're, if that's all They're relying on And he gets tagged And, and can't get going if, And if that means That Carlton then Can't get going You really need Like a number two Like you see With some of your Top teams don't you yeah,
0: yeah We look at Yeah definitely They've got some Good young kids In, in the midfield But just not that experienced. Like, and Paddy Cripps he's only young too Like he's only he's still got 10 years ahead of him if he wants but you look at someone like a Giants if they tag Whitfield Kelly will get 30 touches if they tag Kelly Whitfield gets 30 touches like yeah. you know someone's going to go and dominate then if they choose to tag someone Geelong you know if they tag Ablett Dangerfield and Selwood have run yeah. less. they tag Dangerfield Ablett and Selwood have run less. like that's not a combination you want so yeah they probably need like a more experienced midfielder in there and they went after um Eddie Betts yeah this year and they brought him into the, the forward line which was great like I, I love Eddie Betts and his highlight reels for, for for days if you wanted to watch watch that but yeah they probably just need some some extra sort of structure in the midfield to take a bit of pressure off Cripps. and if he does get tagged then that that bloke can go and get um you know some good some good balls so um the game that I really wanted to highlight on first was Bombers and Pies this was a cracking game yes. Um, I did get this wrong though. I did tip the pies. Um, I'll be honest with you. After five minutes, I thought the pies were gonna yeah, yeah. win a hundred to nothing. Like. Yeah, you had Stevenson come out and kick the first two goals. Three goals to zip. Yeah, early nice. on. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, the the bombers showed why I've picked them in the top eight. They they are a solid team when they turn it on, lift the intensity up. The the bloke could really sit up, and I've only just I only found out just an hour ago. He's actually going to be out for at least four weeks now. So, good. Um, yeah, a bit of a bum, ankle injury. Um, Jason Stringer, he, um, he really turned it on. He kicked three goals. He got 10 disposals, so not a major ball winner, but he hit seven tackles. Like for a, a key forward to be running through the midfield, which he did all night long. He was chasing, chasing blokes, you know, like Pendlebury and um, Dugowie and those guys running through the middle. And he was putting them on their back. Um, and he still kicked three goals. Um, I think him not being in the team for the next few weeks would be a really biggie up yeah. um, for the Bombers, so it's a bit of a shame. And they really
1: put the pressure on, didn't they? Oh, By yeah. doing that. Yeah. You know, by having someone like your key forward come up through the midfield and yep. and lay seven tackles out, they were putting the pressure right back on Collingwood. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I, I think they cracked so I, yep. I think it was clear. Yeah. Like, clearly they cracked in that. Yep. I think it was the second or the third quarter that... I mean, they kicked, I don't know if they kicked the goal, they only kicked one goal
0: or something like that. Yeah, I think second. And Bombers just started to
1: yeah. kick yeah. away a bit.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that was a great game. So they showed they've really got the potential to be there in the top eight. But Consistency? Yeah. Well, that's right, yeah. They've been the that team over the last couple of years who've had probably a list to go to the eight, but and made it a couple of times, but just haven't quite cracked it. And yeah. Unfortunately, I think with Stringer not being there... Yeah, like someone's either got to go step up, or they'll they'll fall away a bit, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Now yeah, I won't spend too much time on this, but West Coast are back, baby. Oh, so you want to talk about them this week? Just quickly, it's taken There's, four weeks, but they've been called the sleeping giants I of the competition that. for the last few weeks, and they are awake. They're alive. Um, They're awake. They come out. They they dust off the Swans pretty easy. Not a formidable opponent at the moment. Good, obviously rivalry between West Coast and the Swans. Yeah. A couple of grand finals uh, a few years ago, but um. Look, they just dispose of them pretty easily, and they're going home now. So look, I, I, to the coast. It's sort of going to be those thing. Well, if they can really get on a roll now, they could be um, unstoppable for the next sort of couple months. Um, Elliot Yo was the key there. He just stepped up his intensity. He um, he tackled like a maniac. Um, you wouldn't want to see him on a regular league field because he would be destroying blacks. So, um, big call. I'd get him to the Bulldogs if I was the, the Bulldogs <laughs> CEO. Um, the Cats versus Suns, probably disappointing from my end for the Suns. Um look well, they did Rowell. Roel did go out in the first quarter, like early, like three minutes in. Heartbreaking really, isn't it? It is, like I mean, he's only eighteen. He probably has he's played three quality games, so he probably already had seventeen Brownlow boats yeah. out of out of nine. Um He he really he really like did play some really good games. Like I I've said to you a few times, like unfortunately for him. He's going to have this target on his back now because he has shaped up to Fife and he's shaped up to. Who they also play. They played um, they played West Coast, West Coast and he he dusted up surely and those boys, um, when they played them, and he's yeah. just going to have a target on his back now and if he doesn't go and you know win a win a brown lay for the next few. years He's probably going to be, you know, you know told he's unsuccessful. I yeah, guess, he's going to have the heat on him. He's maybe. got he's got a lot of expectations now, but. They're talking... I've heard a couple of different things now. Um, potentially out for the season. of you know, Just trying to really manage him since he's so young. Bring him back for yeah. next year. And I've also heard that it might only be um, a few weeks as well. So, I suppose... I haven't read it, whether he's going to have surgery or whatnot. But, basically, the game itself... Um, he went off really early. and I did see a slight lull intensity from the Suns. But they did really lift again through to half-time. And they matched the Cats all the way through to half-time. But then... Your blokes, like mentioned before, Albert Selwood, Dane Phil, um, they just come out and, and Hawkins started kicking some goals, and they just yeah couldn't him. do it last week. The door, no, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, here is another bloke who I just have a bloody a gripe with. He you do you he'll do. lose your multis, I promise. Don't put him in your multis. Well, I had him the week
1: before to kick two, and he kicked a goal and three behinds
0: or something. Yeah, and, yep. and this week he came out and kicked three goals. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Uh, look, Hawkins, I, I think he's a great bloke. He's bloody Adonis. He's a I wouldn't pick a fight with him, but don't put him in your multis. He'll lose your money. That's what he'll do. <laughs> um, the next game, which was the big one, um, top of the table clash, Lions versus Port, and in the words of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, big cat's got to eat. That's what I reckon. Um, the Lions come out, and they just tore up uh, Port didn't they Did was, you watch the
1: game I, I did I watched Well I watched a fair bit of it I oh, watched four like, forwards of it You probably remember Last
0: week I talked about How um, the, the other forwards in, in the forward line Of Port Have helped Dixon yeah. And they've controlled The, the backs <laughs> The The lines had no problem Disposing of Of them And they just ha- um, Harris Andrews Didn't let Dixon Out of his sight um, And just had him Target the whole time Probably still had the opportunities. Like they had quite a few inside fifties. Um, yeah. So Dixon, I'll talk about inside fifties later. But Dixon was targeted for nine inside fifties. He had one mark. So he had, the, inten- had, had pressure the pressure on him in. the whole time. On the other end of the field, Eric Hipwood had ten targeted inside fifties. Took five marks. Yeah. Now I'm saying that Hipwood did only kick one goal three. So he had four four opportunities. Yeah. Um, but. He had he had the ball in his hands, you know, he, he took five contested marks from inside fifties, which is really good. Yeah. Um and the other thing that was really impressive from the Lions was just their spread of goals. They didn't rely on Hipwood or Charlie Cameron or Dan McStay. All the boys kicked goals. Like yeah. um I think McCarthy kicked two, Rayner kicked some goals, McCluggage kicked a goal, Lockie Neal finally kicked a goal. Couldn't do it last week either, but you know, he did. <laughs> um but look, I, I really think this shows that Lions are, are hopefully true contenders this year as well. And...
1: Yeah, I think so too. I and mean, you know, As we know, like I'm not an AFL expert by any means and you know, I'm probably a part-time watcher, if anything. But um, the thing that I find like watching with the Lions is when they get out of trouble, how quickly they can turn it on. You see with a lot of teams, I've noticed that the ones that struggle, they'll be fumbly. They can't get the ball out of their end and the pressure piles back up on them. With the lions, it's just it's just effortless almost mm. the way that they just handball handball little kick handball handball kick inside fifty or just goal yeah and all of a sudden you've gone from you know the the opposition teams you know on the on the attack to all of a sudden how the hell have these blokes you know kicked a goal against us yeah. yeah and all of a sudden instead of being up six we're down by another, another six and yeah it's almost in your head that's like a twelve point turnaround and you just go. It's just demoralizing really, and I think that's why sometimes the the lions can just they just seem to turn it on so quickly and, mm. and all of a sudden they can they can go from being up by two goals to three or four or five goals very very quickly yeah
0: yeah they'd have to be one of the highest scoring teams this year as well yeah. Um, there's been a pretty cool like little tracker on the game it says it's like the pressure tracker. Yeah. Um I don't know if they are up but they'd have to be up there in the top teams for their pressure. Yeah. Um, I reckon um they've just got so much intensity and it's really good to see. Their test will be now like as the you know as the season progresses and they maybe move away from home. Yeah. Um can they keep that intensity up? So this weekend they're playing the Cats which I think will be another really good test for them. I've, I'm going to tip the Lions I've got them in my multi that I'm going to go through later but um, that's, that game's in Sydney so it's kind of like an away game for both teams and that's going to be the Lions' first test away from home so yep. um, that will be interesting to see how they, they bounce back to that and after the Cats having a good win last week and that could be a really good game too so um, the other thing to, for Port that um, is probably their first exposure to a weakness is their their back line um, their backline against the the lions was really short. I think the average backline was about a meter ninety three. Yeah. Um. So yeah, six foot three, six foot four. Whereas the Brisbane Lions forwards were all about you know six foot six. So they just had the height and you know, a meter metre ninety three, meter ninety, meter ninety five is you know, that's how tall I am. Yeah. Um. That's not super tall for an AFL player now. Like you know your key sort of back and and forwards are. A meter ninety five plus up to sort of two o five, I guess. Um, some of your midfielders now, Nat Fife is a meter ninety, Patrick Cripps is a meter ninety three, so I think that's little one one area that teams could actually expose Port in if they, if Porter playing, all short backs. Yeah. Um, and that was when I say short, like these guys are still six foot three. They're still yeah. good guys, but um, you know, if you've got someone who's six foot six ahead of you. You're just gonna have they're gonna have the ability to outmark you if they get a good run and jump at the ball. So yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on. I didn't watch this game. Um. Because I was watching the Lions demolish the uh, uh, demolish Port. But uh, Dogs versus um North Melbourne probably disappointing for North Melbourne. Um, looks like the Dogs just powered over them, and they um they seem to be way too strong. Um, Crows versus Freo. This is your bottom of the clash, bottom of the table game. I couldn't
1: pick For this one, eh? I, picked I mean, I I, I I picked Frio. Yeah,
0: I had Frio, oh, but I just thought,
1: like, you know, putting a I was putting a Sunday multi, and I just thought, I'm not, I'm not risking either of these two teams. Like, oh, oh. it's just that shit. Anything could happen. I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, I oh, I disagree. I just Frio's not a shit team. They they've probably they come up against the Suns who played extremely well against them. They come up against Port Adelaide who did dust them pretty well, but they're you know, I've picked them a top four team and they look like they'll get there they, they've been right right there in a few games for a long time the Crows on the other hand have been absolutely smashed like they probably haven't lost a game apart from this weekend by less than 50 points so like I wouldn't say Frio are a, a shit team um, mm, yeah. they I, I I would have battled That's on money. Him. they'll be bottom four maybe maybe I mean probably not I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see them against your boys, Carlton. Yeah. Aaron, Carlton and Dustin. All right, we'll see. <laughs> um, the other game was um, Tigers and Demons. Um, I, I expected this. Tigers have so had a couple of lull weeks. they um been beaten two weeks in a row. I just didn't see them getting beaten again by the Demons of all teams. So they really bounced back and bought some intensity when they yeah. needed it, um, which was good to see. The last game I wanted to highlight... Um, Poor Wayne Carlos, I wonder how he feels after this. The Hawks getting dusted by the Giants. I just... Why can't Hawks get the ball to wing Surely. Well, I, I think the Giants are back. They've got Mummy
1: back. Yep. And they've got Green back. Yep. And it's just, all of a sudden, it looks like it's clicking.
0: Yeah. It's working. Well, what I will say, though, is, yes, they've got Green back. They've got Cameron, who's an amazing key forward. They don't rely on those blokes, though, do they? Um, no but it takes the
1: pressure off when they're there you know like as we were saying with Cripps before
0: yeah you've got other blokes who can do the work and if they're heavily targeting Green that gives someone like Finlayson a chance to kick four goals and he did and if they're heavily targeting Jeremy Cameron gives Himmelberg a chance to kick four goals which he did so um, that's that's where the the Giants are they've got a really good list and if those guys are all playing um, who knows where the goals are going to come from and yeah and sure enough, if they then went and really tried to target, say, Finlayson or um, Himmelberg, then you're looking at Jeremy Cameron possibly kicking a heap of goals as well, so, um, which, is, which is really good for the Giants. And I'm looking forward to see how they, um, that plays out over the next uh, few weeks as well. One little stat that I saw, and this is where I feel sorry for Wayne because this is the Hawks I'm talking about. Their intensity must have dropped off something chronic in the last quarter, so this is in sixteen minutes, Lockie Wick, Whitfield had eleven uncontested possessions. So they just let him run wild. Uh, so if he kept that up, that's forty-four for the game. Um, he took six um, handball receives and four uncontested marks, and so that just means there was no bloke near him at all, which is you know sad to see for the Hawks. They obviously just dropped off their intensity and. Again, they couldn't get the bloody ball to Wingard, which I needed. But uh, anyway. Now, we're going to move quickly into, uh, as you wrap this up, um, the AFL Education Series, which I started last week. We talked about uh, Mark's last week, didn't we? We did, we did. Yeah. Hopefully the feedback was good. I didn't hear any negative stuff, so did you get any?
1: No, no, I didn't know We got positive, actually. Good. Cassie was... Absolutely wrapped.
0: That's great. That, yeah. we, that This we is all for you, Cassie. So, after yeah. her,
1: so and we'll all give you the, another
0: shout out. And all of the people out there who aren't super familiar with AFL, this is what I'm doing for you because because we love you. So um, we're going to talk about inside 50s um, this evening. So you probably hear this if you ever watch a game. You, know, you might hear, all right, the Lions have had X amount of inside 50s compared to... Ports, so many inside 50s. And what it basically means is the amount of times the midfield or the ball has been moved from the midfield inside the 50-meter arc. So it's got to go across that line. Um, the stat doesn't count, though. If, if I'm on the lines and I'm locking ill and I kick it to you, who's Eric Hipwood, and you, mark, you handball it back to me outside the 50 and I kick it back in again, you don't get two registers for that. So it's in the one chain of play. If, however, I kick the ball and the opposite team marked it and then it comes back and I remark it and kick it back in, that does recount, so it's a new change. That's one in possession. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what, what it means is the amount of times the ball's gone into the 50. So the more the better, I guess. Like The more times you can get it in there, the more opportunity. You have to kick a score, yeah. but the trouble is converting it. In. And I've seen this happen multiple times with teams as... They bomb it in there long, and they can bomb it in there 60 times in a game, but they've only got 11 scoring shots. So, yeah. Whereas the other team might also have 60 opportunities, but if they've used it wisely, they might have 20 scoring shots. So yeah. um, it's all about that conversion, and and then obviously you've got to kick it through the middle of the sticks as well to get six points. But yeah. um, that's inside 50s for you. So good news if you can get in there more. Better news if you can convert it and kick it through the middle. So lines have actually been the worst ranked team for that this yeah. year so far.
1: And they're top of the ladder.
0: So the top, I think they probably must be one of the top ranked teams for inside 50s, <coughs> one of the worst ranked teams for conversion. Yeah, yeah. right. And they're on they're equal first at the moment. So. There you go. Yeah. If they can really start to convert, like if Hipwood can turn his one goals three into three goals one, they'll be next to unstoppable if they can keep it up. So There you go. Um, alrighty, that's AFL done, mate. Um, I don't have much media controversy because AFL is a really respectable sport, and uh, mm. there's nothing dodgy happening. So,
1: really, yep. I could. Have Moving. A, Moving on. on. <laughs> sworn otherwise, if we talk about Jordan DeGolye, or what did he do? Uh we might have to read up on him. Oh, I? he plays Collingwood, yeah. so yeah, yeah, sucked in. What about what's who is the other boy The sideborg? missed the, the weekend's game. Oh, because he got ruled out for some testing thing. Because he was, like, drunk and disorder. No, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah and Eddie, Eddie McGuire come out and stuck up for him. He wasn't. Yeah, go and look at him, mate. All right. Go Bloody have a look. Bloody media Go again. have a look. You're a joker. Yeah, maybe I'm just jumping on the media bandwagon
0: there. Just Yeah, you probably you probably work for Fox Sports. Yeah. I'm your just... dog. <laughs> All righty. We're going to go into um halftime rubdowns, so quickly take us through your couple of... uh.
1: We'll do, so can just make multi so. Uh, half-time rugby on today, what we're going to look at is some history-making sporting moments and we're going to go with two very new ones, one is as fresh as today and one uh, happened last week. Firstly, we're going to look at the EPL and I know we touched on this uh, in last week's podcast but I've got to do it again because it's just amazing what Liverpool have done. So if you missed it, Liverpool have won the title already. Uh, with about seven games to, to play in the EPL. Now, to put this into perspective for those that, that don't watch um, the Premier League, the Premier League is the top-tiered competition in England for for football, and there's 20 teams in it. So this isn't just like, a, you know, we're playing park footy and there's six, six teams in the comp. This is the best of the best in Europe, essentially. And uh, what Liverpool have done is they're, firstly, they've won their first title in 30 years, which is just a huge relief for, obviously, fans and players. Uh, but they actually they hold a massive 23-point lead over the current second position, which is Man City. So that's just phenomenal in itself. They currently sit on 89 points in total. Now, the record in one season is 100. And they've still got now six games to play. They can pick up three points for a win and one for a draw you would think that they'd crack the 100 mark almost quite easily, realistically, with the form that they're in. So, so, so how,
0: how does this work? Is there no
1: finals in this? No, so in the EPL, it's, it's a tiered-ranked competition. So if you, you finish first, you'll, you'll crown the winner. Yeah. And then there's relegation. So the, the bottom three teams will drop out into the uh, English Championship. Yeah. And the, I, think, I believe it's the top two, I could be incorrect with top two, uh, or top three, sorry, uh, move up from the Championship. Up into, into the Premier that, yeah. League next year, <laughs> which is obviously huge for those clubs. Well, um, you'd, money-wise and you like that. The, the big game, don't you? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So,
0: wouldn't that be interesting if that was converted over to like NRL and AFL, and you had, like, you know, you could move from Q Cup to. It would, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, yeah. definitely
1: needs some looking at, but certainly yeah. would be quite interesting.
0: You'd probably have the Western Mustangs playing in NRL at the moment. You for, could uh, do <laughs> in replace with the Broncos. Now what they've
1: uh what Liverpool have already done, they've already broken the record for the fewest wins needed to win a t- a, a title, which was thirty-two, it's now twenty nine, they've they've sewn it up in twenty nine. Um and they've also this is this really just highlights the dominance of the year for them. They've beaten every single opponent in the competition. So they've beaten nineteen other teams in one uh calendar year or in one season. So that's I mean that's phenomenal really, that's fantastic. And they now hold the most consecutive wins at home, which is now at 20. So honestly, they've just dominated the competition and they're deserved winners. And yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they back up mm. next season now. Yeah. yeah. Now the second thing, really, really quickly, uh, we have Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. He just signed a 10-year deal. He's a quarterback for the, for the Chiefs, by the way. He just signed a 10-year deal... Reportedly worth over $450 million. Uh That's across the 10 years. So to put that in perspective, that'll be $45 million per season. At least. I mean, this is just talking his salary. This isn't even talking about sponsorships mm. that, that mm. this kid's going to have. And I say kid because he's only 24. And this will be his third season. He's coming
0: into his just his third season. So he's All almost on like a level with us, I guess. Cause we're, almost. We're 24 and 26, and I suppose, you know... He's signed a 45... And we're
1: all just hitting our peak. I understand.
0: Well, he's, you know... I wonder if he would be interested in going on the show. I don't know if he's got enough money to buy himself onto the show, but he could have a crack, so we'll ask him. Now, we did a little bit of math for you, and Patrick Mahomes, all year round, right? Hang on. I want to confirm. Corey did the math for you. Zach just told me the numbers, and I did the math on these, so just want to make sure (laughs) everyone knows that.
1: Anyway... What we did was, for the whole year, every hour that Patrick Mahomes is here for, whether he's sleeping, awake, playing golf, (laughs) eating, in the toilet, um, training, whatever he's doing, every hour of the year, he makes $5,000 every hour. That's unreal. And that equates to, uh, what, $84 and uh, some loose change every minute. Yeah. So that's that's just unreal. And you know, this is a bloke, again, just to put it into perspective, for those of you who don't know who Pat Mahomes is, he's 24 years old. He's he's played two full seasons in the NFL. In his rookie year, he went to the AFC Championship, which is the game before the Super Bowl, essentially. It's the game to go into the Super Bowl. And he lost that game in overtime to the Patriots. So if you're going to lose to someone, overtime, Tom Brady and the Patriots, it's a tough ask in your rookie year. No one's going to hold a grudge against him. In his second year, he comes out and he goes on. He wins a Super Bowl in year two. So, yeah. they've now signed him up for 10 years. Like, I mean, you could see potentially another dynasty here or, um, you know, I really don't know what we're going to see in the next 10 years, but it could be absolutely unbelievable for this bloke. So, keep your eyes peeled. Check him out. I'm going to, actually, I'm going to serve some highlights and throw it up on the Facebook page As if you haven't seen it, he's just changed the way the game's played. Some of the, the ways that he gets out of being sacked and, and can still complete a pass is unbelievable. So I'm going to throw that up this week sometimes to make sure you do check it
0: out. Mm, that'd be great. Well, um, I guess we should probably get his tips on, on the multi. He's, <laughs> he's got a bit of cash to throw in. We're going to quickly take you through uh, how a tipping competition's going. And this is a lot closer than the golf, I might add. Um, after the current rounds, Zach and I are now still equal in the NRL tipping. We both went six out of eight last week. Who did you miss? I missed the Broncos and the Roosters.
1: Oh, I would have probably missed the Bulldogs and the Titans because that's just what I do. I think you went Roosters as well, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I might have been, yeah, actually. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. you, you went, oh, we've got to tell the story quickly about the Rabbitoh's Bulldogs game. Oh, my, multi winner. This is the. We'll, hang on, we'll, we'll backtrack. All right. Um, so we're both even in the uh, NRL tips, which is uh, obviously pretty tight. We're starting to hit our stride. Like we've Six out of eight is pretty good fight. Yeah. If I do that for the rest of the year, I'll be happy. <laughs> AFL, again, starting to hit our strides a bit. I got six out of nine this week. I did tip Port, tip Collingwood, and who else did I miss? Can't remember. But anyway, I missed three. Zach only missed two, so you're going to miss Collingwood. and um, I think I had... Maybe the Suns. I missed the Suns too. I did miss the Suns. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm one-up on you on the AFL, which is uh, just a sn- small little league. I've got to give a shout-out, though, to Zach's dad, Graham Rub. He's currently ranked in the top 50 in the entire ESPN competition. Over half a million people, he's in the top 50. <laughs> he is destroying us. <laughs> he is absolutely flogging us. So.
1: And he's letting us know about it, too, so...
0: Oh yeah, he's he's what did he do before? He just learned how to do a screenshot. He you know, screenshots. He's sending us screenshots, and he's. We've got be, the photo proof. He'll be on fa- He'll be on the podcast soon. I'm sure he'll be <laughs> he'll be he'll be Graham's project sports soon. So he's flogging us now. Maltese. Um, I'll quickly tell you the story about the bulldogs and the Rabbitohs on Sunday. So Zach and I were chatting before the game. I've asked him who the first try scorer would be. We've concluded Alex Johnson. I've said Rabideaus will be first at 10 points, and I've said Rabideaus will win by more than 13 points. Two minutes in, Alex Johnson scores the first try. Money in the bank. Now, we're looking at Rabideaus getting the 10 points first. They did that quite comfortably. uh, Bulldogs did score second, but they then went on to get to 10 points quite comfortably. The whole game then, the Bulldogs just hung in it, hung in it, hung in it, down 20 to 10 with a minute to go. Zach has texted me and said, we need a miracle. What happens? Someone throws a cutout ball to the Bulldogs winger. Dane Gay Guy catches it, runs 100 metres, scores a try. They win by 16 points. 13 plus, baby. Miracle. Make it bank. Miracle. Make it bank and miracle. So, off that, we're going to end with some very... Wise and smart multi is that you can take as financial advice, if you sign a disclaimer. No, just kidding. I would not take this as financial advice because uh, we've lost our fair share as well over the last few weeks with a few wins. I think you're going better than me though. You're going I'm okay. On, yeah, got you on. go a bit more high risk, and I probably. Yeah, yeah. I try and take the ones. I
1: like, you know I've got some twenty-two dollars ones here with yeah. seven or eight. Oh, so I'll try and get that You go first. And... I'll go first with mine. So I'll start off with my big one. Um, it's a seven legger. It's across the AFL and the NRL. First up, we've got the Roosters to beat the Cowboys, Tigers to beat the Rabbits. Now, this is the biggest leg. Um, I think the Tigers can definitely put it over South Sydney at $2.50. I think that's well and truly overs. If you want to take the line, it's only four and a half, so that's what deterred me. I thought I'd get an extra 60 cents and and just jump on the Tigers bandwagon non stop. Uh, then we go Panthers to beat Cronulla. Uh, Storm to beat the Raiders, I think, again, at $2. bucks, they are too hard not to put in. And then in the AFL, we go Brisbane Lions to beat Geelong, St. Kilda to beat Fremantle, and West Coast should pump Adelaide into next week. That will get you $22.34. Now, if you do want to play that a little bit more conservatively, I have taken out the Tigers out for you, and that will get you $8.93, and I still think that is a pretty solid multi. Your biggest risk there, in my opinion, would be the Storm, but if you go off last week and the Raiders form, I think two
0: bucks is absolutely overs. Mm. Get on. Very good. All right. We'll go over this up on Facebook as well, obviously. Yeah, we'll yeah. Yeah. So mine's all AFL. Um, I've got a six-leg multi. Now I need three winners, and I also need three goal kickers as well. So um, I need the Lions to dispose of the Cats. Any margin will do. But I need Cam Rayner to kick a goal. So Cammy, get your kicking boots on, start slotting them. I need the Eagles to win. So that's a little shortstop there for me. Um, and I've gone with Oscar Allen. I'll talk about Oscar Allen in a second before we close up. Um, to kick a goal. And I've gone the Western Bulldogs over Carlton. Yeah. And I need Marcus Bontempelli to kick a goal. Which he will. It's the Blues. Yeah. So that'll get you a 13 bagger. $13.24. Easy money there, I think. We'll see what happens. Now, Oscar Allen... I put it on before a dollar sixty just to kick a goal. I'd like to see what he's paying for two goals because he was on fire last week. Unreal, wasn't against it? Against the Crows, wow. he could be good money just to kick two goals by itself with West Coast to win. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be my probably my safety one there. So there's two um good multis for you. Um, we'll throw them up and we'll be sure to have a few more. I will. Um, I do have. I do have a sneaky one. Oh, here we just go. Just for some NRL fans. I reckon.
1: Roosters 13 plus to beat the Cowboys. This is if you want to play with some margins this is if you want to get a little bit more risqué. Roosters 13 plus to beat the Cowboys. I think they should uh, they should just pump the Cowboys really. Um Penrith Panthers 1 to 12. I think that'll be a nice close game between the Sharks, the Sharks. They haven't really beat much. They've beat, you know, they put points on the Dogs and the Titans but you know we saw the the Rabbitohs do something similar against Dragons and then Titans and then Panthers come out and put it on them so I think this will be a little bit closer and uh, that'll be 1 to 12 and then the storm in a close one 1 to 12 that'll get you $15.62 get around it I reckon that's a a pretty good multi at 15 bucks throw 10 on that and
0: you'll be laughing for the weekend yeah yeah. there's all your grocery money for the week groceries that's it that's what we need alrighty well another successful night we've gone through NRL AFL our tips our multis Liverpool Patrick Mahoney it's been a good night um, we'll catch you back here next Tuesday do us a favour before you put your phone down for the night is make sure you give us a review and share the podcast and more people can hear these are amazing multis at the end you've got to hang around for the multis this is you what you're here for and also the tips as well which we'll throw up on the Facebook page we're on a roll now so it's, uh, it's going to be easy money for the rest of the year so we're heating up we're going to make bang <laughs> thank you very much for listening everyone and we'll catch you next week